Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We'd like to thank you today for joining Christ Jesus the King Ministries. I'm Pastor Ashwin and today I believe um, we're going to continue with our sermon series on the book of Philippians chapter 1 and we are going to continue from verse 15 to 18. We thank God for this, this, this privilege and this opportunity to share the word of the Lord and I believe that God will bless your heart and and reach us today through the scriptures and through the understanding of the word so that we can be transformed into the very images of Christ. We do understand Philippians is a book about teaching us our life in Christ. Chapter 1 teaches us about Christ our life and we see this wonderful apostle writing from, from, from prison. It's one of his um, prison epistles and he's, he's writing it at a place where he might never see the outside as a free man again. But he writes it with such great um, love, um, encouragement to the church, to the believers in Philippians. And I pray that when we continue, as we continue in the book of Philippians, that we will catch this very same heart of the apostle. And today we're going to look at Paul's desire. Paul had a desire that Paul had, a, Paul had an understanding, had a relationship with God. And his prison experience didn't become a disaster or a breaking point to him. His present experience, Paul rather saw it as an opportunity for the gospel to advance. And when we continue and we look at how verse 14 ended, where Paul now says, because of his imprisonment, um, the gospel started, there was started being a revival in Rome because people started having the boldness now to preach the gospel. But when we go to verse 15 to, to 18, we come to an understanding that during the revival, there were also people who, who had wrong intentions and wrong motives as the gospel was preached and we and we understand that even in our in even our modern society today that during great times of revival in many studies of revival and many studies of church history when you when we find there was an outpouring of the spirit of god doing amazing things there were always people that counteracted what god was doing and it has happened throughout church history and here paul tries to bring that to us an understanding and as a young preacher i am so stirred by this and have been very much encouraged and i want to encourage you today with this awesome understanding or, or thoughts that the lord has brought to me concerning the book of philippians chapter one and i'm going to title my message about that paul was encouraging the church here about preaching christ preaching christ and we're going to deal with um, um the preaching of christ but in the in the character the attitudes of the preacher or the minister or the person doing whatever is doing in the kingdom of God. And I looked at A.W. Tozer wrote something amazing. He writes, A.W. Tozer wrote this. And in this is a, a, a letter A.W. Tozer wrote in one of his books. And he wrote, Dear Lord, I refuse to henceforth to compete with any of thy servants, for they have congregations larger than mine, so be it. I rejoice in their success. They have greater gifts very well. They that, that is not in their power nor in mine. I am humbly grateful for their greater gifts and for my smaller ones. I only pray that I may use it to thy glory, such gifts as I possess. I will not compare myself with any, nor try to build up my self-esteem, but noting where I may excel one or another in thy holy work. I herewith make a blanket of, of an intrinsic work worth. 
I'm not an unprofitable servant. I gladly go to the foot of the cross and, and own myself the least of thy people. If I err in my self-judgment and actually underestimate myself, I do not want to know it. I purpose to pray for others and to rejoice in their prosperity as if it were my own. And indeed it is my own, for it is thine own. For what is thine is mine. And while one plants and another waters, it is thou alone that giveth the increase. Here's a heart of a great servant, A.W. Tozer, that's outlook was different. It was not in competition. It was not in competing. It was not in, he never had selfish ambition. He didn't have the wrong motives. And, and we're now going to look at the verse that, that, we're gonna, that we have been studying in the book of Philippians. Listen to what Paul says. Paul says, some, to be sure, are preaching Christ even from envy and strife, but also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am, a, um, I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. In the Greek it says, I am set here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaimed Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause my dis me distress in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. And in this I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. Now this is the heart of the apostle Paul. He has this great heart. And Paul's, Paul's one desire or one, or Paul is showing gratitude and joy in that as long as the gospel is preached, it does not matter what motives or what people are, for what reason they're doing it, but at least the gospel is going forth. That was the heart of the apostle. And so we see here that people were using this opportunity to to Paul's imprisonment, opportunity to, to make their names great and to bring down Paul. They were using this opportunity to badmouth Paul, to do quarreling against Paul, to, to out of envy. They were, they were envious of his success. They were envious of his progress. They were envious of what God was doing in the life of Paul. And because of this, some preachers did not help Paul in his, in his imprisonment. Rather, they made it more difficult for him in his imprisonment so they were not happy for paul's progress as many sometimes when preachers go through tough times great men of god there are some people that use these moments now to 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 to, to advance them their own agendas in seasons like these when people are going through tough times through difficulties and when men of god or women of god are going through tough times and difficulties and they and they use this moment instead of praying for the man of god they rejoice in the man of god's downfall and some of these preachers had these attitudes and they had this 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 fleshly and carnal ways of doing things and here paul was 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 exposing what was taking place but he was he was rejoicing usually when when wrong doctrine paul would expose people that were teaching wrong doctrine but in this specific um portion of scripture paul is rejoicing that the gospel is going forth although people are doing it out of selfish ambition people are doing it wrong motives there's rivalry and 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 paul 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 is not is not is not um he is not is not saying what people are doing is good and right but what he's trying to bring across here is that there is progress in the gospel but while i was studying this the lord started dealing with me and started 
dealing with me on certain of these um certain of these carnal and fleshly ways that we need to address in the 21st century church and i believe that god wants us as 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 this generation to look at the example that paul says here and paul teaches us certain things about people's attitudes and ambition and um motives and and why people do do certain things in the kingdom of god and i believe that through this teaching god will help us and and encourage us to deal with those impure motives and to to crucify selfish ambition and to and to get rid of pretense and and all of those things and so we're going to touch on three of these things that the lord has opened up to me and we're going to look at ambition we're going to look at motive and we're going to look at rivalry or competition because we know that god wants us not to operate like this in our generation god wants us to be wants us to be in unity god wants us to build one another and this is what philippians brings about philippians teaches about as we're going to continue through this book we're going to learn about humility we're going to learn about lifting up one another but now in this particular case study we're going to look at these particular preachers and servants of god how they use an opportunity to instead of 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 of, of uplifting they were pulling down we find this in society we find this amongst believers we find this amongst leaders we find this we find this and this shouldn't be our our nature this shouldn't be our character traits as believers we should be builders and not breakers the first thing we're going to look at today first point we're going to look at is ambition ambition now what is ambition ambition is a strong desire to do or achieve something a desire or a determination to achieve success your ambition must be a our ambition as believers must be a desire to seek god now ambition isn't necessarily necessarily wrong there's nothing wrong in wanting what's best and what we can do for god that is how our ambition must be aligned our ambition must be in alignment with god's will there's also another side to ambition which is selfish ambition is mostly concerned about a successful image it's also instead of striving for true success before and it's not it doesn't strive sorry for true success before god it's striving for true success in self and this is what these guys were living for they were they were about the image they were about their status that's where they were 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 striving envy in their preaching and, and they were envious and full of strife and they were trying to destroy the reputation of the apostle paul and paul god does not want us to be that type of people god wants us to be a people of building the gospel must go forth to the earth god wants the church to influence nations and cities and communities but if we are out there through and we have the wrong attitude and wrong nature now paul did expose wrong doctrine he exposed people but there also comes a time in our lives where it's not all about exposing it's about building one another and encouraging one another our, bre- our brethren need one another right now we have an apostle that is going that is going through a marital crisis and, and is a global icon and my prayers father restore their marriage i know there are many today that will be rejoicing and many that are that are that are saying all nasty things and saying like they are that like they are true prophets and 
transcend things over the man of God's destiny and over his life. Over the years, we have heard about many preachers that has that has fallen and some has has missed, messed up and and sometimes we have more preachers um, 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 wounding the wounded instead of lifting up people. We're the only army that 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 that, 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 that hurts or wounds the wounded. But I believe through this message, God will help us to encourage one another. Now we do not say, as Paul taught throughout his letters, we should not, we should not, we should not entertain sin. We should not love sin. We should not be, 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 um, people that 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 embraces sinful natures and sinful people and 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 and, and live in that type of sinful environment. We must be people that must become. We must become catalysts of change. In our city, in our communities, in environment in which God has trusted us. And so we're gonna look first at some of the some of the godly ambition that God wants us to have. The first thing that we look at today is a longing for God and for what He can do in the believer. That we find in Philippians 3, verse 10. Paul said that I that that um Paul said. Paul said that he had a desire in his heart and in his desire Paul said that I may know him in the power of his resurrection in the fellowship of his suffering it was a desire to know God more it wasn't about Paul's status it was about re- re- revelation and intimacy with God the next thing we look at the, the next thing we look at Paul encourages the church in Corinthians to desire spiritual gifts desire spiritual gifts hallelujah paul desired spiritual gifts because paul knew that as we desire spiritual gifts and we empower through these gifts we can serve the body that's why the gifts are there is to serve not to be not to be not to promote one not to talk to not to make one bigger than the other but we have to serve one another through these gifts the next thing paul also spoke about was was desire for leadership paul encouraged put the church in first timothy 3 verse 1 he said that they should desire the office or the office of a leader now when paul writes this in to timothy in the back back in the day in the book of timothy leadership was not as popular as it is today Today, because there are many privileges and prestige in, in, in leadership, many people want to be leaders. But back in the day, there was not prestige and there was not as much privileges. So Paul had to encourage, he said, be ambitious about leadership. Be Have an ambition to be a leader. So Paul was encouraging people to have a godly desire to become leaders. Like I said, it was not like today. People were suffering. People were going through difficulties. People were going through hardships, losing their lives for the call of God in the early, in the first century church. And here Paul is encouraging people, desire leadership. Be ambitious. Now today we have people desiring leadership. Why? Because the desire for leadership is lordship. The desire for leadership is prestige and titles and all of that. But Paul, God does not want us to have that mindset. Like these guys that were preaching the gospel for prestige and privileges and honor and exaltation. And God doesn't want the church to be like that. God wants us not to desire his things for our self-gain. The next thing that we should be as believers, we should long for communion with God. We should long for communion with God. David said, one thing I have desired of the Lord and that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord for all, forever and behold his glory. That was David's pursuit of life. He said, I desire the Lord. I desire God. This one thing I desire, this one thing that I hope for is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. This is what David's desire was. 
And that's what our desire must be. That's what Paul said, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. Paul writes in the in the end of, of, of chapter 1, Paul writes that it's a privilege to suffer. But today we do not see as it a privilege to suffer. Are we looking for his glorification? Are we looking for the good benefits? Are we looking for the things that, that makes our names great and makes our reputations wonderful? And we want people to talk about us and we want people to exalt us. But today I'm here to let you know that my life is hidden in Christ and we are not here for self-promotion, we are here for self-exaltation, we are here to lift up the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, hallelujah, and as I said earlier, there's also selfish ambition, selfish ambition is the type that is driven by people to promote, exalt themselves, the type that wants them to be like Jesus would, 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 would rebuke the Pharisees and in the New Testament and we find people that were that were more interested about themselves and more interested about the privileges and prestiges, prestige about the title but Jesus is saying do not look for that, do not look for that, do not look for that, the Bible encourages us do not look for, for that, the Bible says in Jeremiah 35 verse, verse 10 where Jeremiah encouraged Barak and he says to Barak, Barak do not seek good things for yourself do not do that do not seek to be great is one translation says do not seek to be great today we are more about greatness the more we are more about greatness we are not looking to be servants remember we started this book of philippians off where paul says we are servants of the lord jesus christ we are servants now those people in the in 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 in, in rome at the time were not looking to be servants they were looking to be they were looking for this prestige they were looking for the accolades they were looking for the title say humble me lord let's say humble father god teach me to be humble teach me to be humble moses says lord teach me your ways that i may remain in favor with you teach me your ways that i may remain in favor with you that is the prayer of our heart hallelujah and then the bible teaches us hallelujah jesus breaks the, the 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 pride of people and 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 there was these guys that asked jesus you know jesus was was teaching people the way up in the kingdom is the way down and there were people approaching jesus and wanting to be great and jesus said to them no the greatest of you is the servant of all is this one who's the one who's the servant so jesus taught people servanthood not self-exaltation hallelujah he didn't want them to exalt himself he didn't want them to lift up themselves well let's look at mark chapter 20 is it mark chapter 10 if i'm correct mark chapter 10 verse 42 to 44 let's just read that as an encouragement today mark chapter 10 if i'm correct verse 42 to verse 44 so jesus called them together and said you know that the rulers in this in this world lord it over the people and officials flown their authority over those under them but among you it will be different whoever wants to be a leader amongst you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else look how jesus turns the tables he wants us to be servant. He wants us to serve. He showed us the example of the bucket with the water. He wants us to serve the greatest, the great I am, the fairest of 10,000, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, took a bucket and towel and washed the apostles' feet. He, teach, he was teaching us to be servants. Therefore, our ambition must not drive us to be to, 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 to want to, to exalt ourselves. Ambition must not be to want to be the, the, the main. This is not what the kingdom is all about. We must desire to be humble. Hallelujah. We must desire to be humble. 
selfish ambition there's a word that speaks about selfish ambition and this word is partisanship if i'm pronouncing it right partisanship it means working for pay so a man who works for pay is a man who works with low motive that is what it brings forth a man who works for pay works for low motives Therefore, we find people excelling in workplaces, excelling in certain areas because they have a mindset that has been transformed. They're not coming for the paycheck, but they're coming to excel. They're coming to grow. And because they have this mindset, they're always outgrowing people. They find themselves always rising up in places because of their mindset. And therefore, God, Jesus teaches us to humble ourselves. He teaches us in this book of Philippians to the Apostle Paul how to humble ourselves because, because in that humbling, Jesus was exalted, but we're going to deal with that in chapter 2. I don't want to run ahead of myself. The next thing that we're going to do, deal with is motives. Motives. Motives means the reason for doing something. Now, Paul said to these this people that selfish ambition and their motives were not pure. So the motive is the reason for doing something. What we look at motives today, point number one, right actions can result from wrong sorry right actions are the result can can be the result can also result from wrong motives right actions can result from wrong motives so people can do the right thing but not have the right motive these guys were preaching christ they were preaching the gospel the gospel was going forth but god was looking at the heart that's all whatever we do we must make it a heart our hearts must be when we lift up the name of Jesus, whatever we do on the streets, whatever we do in the church, whatever we do to lift up the name of Jesus, we need to purify our hearts. Say, Lord, purify my heart. Purify my heart. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Right motives do not always produce right actions. Here again, we have Joseph. Joseph, the, the husband of Mary. When he found out Mary was pregnant, he wanted to divorce her secretly. And just and just divorce and move on but that wasn't the plan of God so he had the right motives but not the right actions because God didn't want him to divorce therefore God revealed himself to Joseph the plan to Joseph and he kept them together and the, and Jesus had a father and a mother according to the earthly to the earthly um, way of life and the next thing we look about in the book we understand that ex when we look at examples of wrong motives we look at Joseph's brothers. Joseph's brothers were jealous of, of him. Joseph's brothers were jealous of him, of his dreams and, and what God was showing Joseph. Although Joseph bragged surely about it, but they were jealous of him. And we understand that because of their jealousy, it led to a place where they wanted to kill him. But they did not kill him. They sold him into slavery. They sold him into slavery because envy is... you Envy is... is, is you are not happy with somebody else's success. And here they could see Joseph was going to rise. And the Bible says when Joseph shared his dreams, Jacob kept it in his heart. But his brothers were angry. Who said, we're going to bow before you? Who said, we're going to do? But that is what usually happens when God is getting ready to bless you. I've, 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 God said to me one thing while preparing this message. He says, there are many times you do not know your enemies until you get blessed. Many times you do not know who your enemies are until you get blessed. Another thing that can influence motives is greed. 
We look at 2 Kings 5 verse 19 to 27. Gahazi. Gahazi was going to be the next great prophet in line. We don't know was Gahazi going to receive a triple portion because the Bible said Elijah gave Elijah a double portion and Gahazi was the servant of Elijah. So he followed the pattern of Elisha with Elijah. But because he allowed greed to cloud his judgment, the Bible says after, after Elisha rejected the gifts from Naaman, Gahazi ran out to, to meet Naaman on his, on his way back home after he was healed of the leprosy and he went to say to 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 name and listen here yeah, my, my 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 boss has changed his mind and he now wants the gifts and he took the gifts but he did not know that he knew the power and the, he knew the power of this prophet he was with at this moment he comes back into the place and in that moment god exposes gazi and gazi becomes white as leprosy and Ghazi, we only learn a little bit about Ghazi. Maybe if Ghazi didn't allow greed to cloud his judgment, we would have had another great few stories about Kahazi. Hallelujah, we would have heard more miracles, we would have heard about more signs, because he would have received something from Elisha. But because he allowed greed, sometimes when we allow greed to cloud our judgment, we begin to, we begin to um, do things that disqualifies us for the blessing. So greed is something that we need to be very careful about. Paul teaches in the book of Titus. He says people must not teach for self-gain, for self-enrichment. Let's read it. We're going to look at the book of Titus chapter 1 verse 10 and 11. Titus chapter 1 verse 10 and 11. Remember we're dealing with motives. For there are many rebellious people who engage in useless talk and deceive others. This is especially true of those who insist on circumcision for salvation. They must be silenced because they are turning whole families away from the truth by their false teachings and they do it only for money. Look at Paul. He's saying people are doing things for money, for money, for gain. The gifts are no longer about glorifying God. It's all about what I can gain. And this is what these guys' problems were. They were doing the thing for they were doing god's work but with the wrong motives jesus christ's actions motivated him to to desire god's will jesus had an agenda and his agenda was only to do what god wanted him to do we learned that jesus wanted only to do what god wanted him to do paul rejected all wrong motives in ministry he said to people in first thessalonians 2 verse 3 to 6 he said we should not be preaching with any deceit or with any any impure motives or trickery deceit pure motives or trickery first thessalonians 2 verse 3 to 6 let's look at this 2 verse 3 to 6 so you can see we were not preaching with any deceit or impure motives or trickery for we speak as messengers approved by god to be trusted with the good news our purpose is to please god not people he alone examines the motives of our hearts never once did we try to win you with flattery as you well know and God is our witness that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. As for human praise, we have never sought it from you or anyone else. So Paul, does, Paul encourages us, do not seek human praise. Do not, seek, do not do the things of God because of selfish gain. Hallelujah. Are you with me today? I believe God is gonna God is blessing you. God is dealing with all of our motives, purifying our hearts, purifying our thinking, purifying why are we doing what we are doing. Sometimes we need to revisit why do we do what we do? Because these are the things that we need to work on so that God can help us. Listen to what Paul says. You see, we are not like 
the many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. Paul had a certain knowledge of God and he knew that God was watching over us. And we have this understanding that God is watching us, then we will know. There was a song they sang from a distance. <laughs> From a distance, from a distance, from a distance. I'm trying to remember the song, but it was sang from a distance. So Paul encourages us here, listen, do not be asked this, do not preach for personal profit or gain. Paul was motivated by his knowledge. Paul wanted us to know our fearful responsibility to, to preach the gospel. It was our responsibility to do God's work. It is our responsibility to do God's work. Paul had a concern, and his concern was for the spiritual growth of others. Listen to what Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4. He speaks about, my God shall supply all your needs after they gave him gifts. But listen, Paul says, this gift is not to me. This gift is for your own profit. For your own profit. This gift will result in your own, excuse me, in your own personal profit. When we preach with different motives, let's look at this. In one, in one instance, Contention moves us. In the next, when we speak, when we when we preach with the proper spirit, when we preach with wrong motives, contention moves us. When we speak with the right, in the right way, love reigns in the heart, in our hearts. Right? In when we speak from wrong motives, the spirit of envy and strife move us. But when we have the godly spirit, goodwill, because Paul said, and some preach with in goodwill. When we speak. The source of our strength is love, is love, not because we want to exalt our name, our, our denomination, but it's love for the kingdom of God. Love and that confidence now comes from Jesus Christ, because as we three should love, there's a confidence that comes from God that allows us to take this work forward. The next theme, the next one is when we speak with, preach from the wrong motives, we are looking to advance ourselves. But when we speak from a God, um, with a godly heart, we are looking to we are looking forward to the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Are you with me today? I pray that God is blessing and touching your heart. The last point we're going to look at today is what Paul was dealing with. Paul was saying they were also preaching out of rivalry. What was rivalry? Rivalry speaks about competition competition a spirit of competition people were looking to be greater what's wrong with competition competition always wants to competition will make us to use foul play in order for us to get what we want that is one of the things about competition will make us will make us lose our standards our morality our morale in order to trample other people to get our way but god does not want us to operate with a spirit of rivalry or competition in his body hallelujah we must not look to be the superior apostle the superior pastor the superior man of god in the city we must look to be the servants of all let's look at examples of people that were in competition or people that had rivalry rivalry was between issue and jacob Issu sold his birthright for lentil soup because Joe, because Jacob, 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 um, Jacob deceived Issu in doing that because he knew Issu was hungry and he made him sell his birthright. And Issu, Issu, 
hated Jacob because of the blessing he received from the father. So there was competitiveness between these brothers. Jacob was promised this blessing, but Jacob went about doing it his way. And he wanted what he wanted his way. And it made Jacob use foul play in order to receive this debt was promised to him because Paul teaches us this thing and it was quite interesting for me to look at it in the book of Corinthians. Paul was encouraging a church and saying to the church, you know, we all are one in Christ. Whatever is his is ours. Paul was saying, don't make Paul great, don't make Peter great, don't make anybody great because everything is Christ is ours. So Paul was trying to break any competition in the body. Paul wanted us to know everything that is in Christ is for all of us is for all each and every one of us we should not have the spirit of competition paul was i'm sure paul was weeping over this he was rejoicing for the gospel but he was weeping over these guys thinking but guys you'll have the same grace you'll have the same privilege to preach jesus let's do this thing together let's do this thing together together as i said earlier your blessings your enemies are exposed when your blessings manifest we look at another rivalry between Penina and Hannah. Penina had many children, but she didn't have the love of Elkanah. And, and Penina used to, to, used to taunt Hannah concerning a barrenness, concerning a barrenness, concerning a barrenness. But God was gracious to Hannah and he blessed her. He, she made the life of Hannah miserable, but God came through for her. Hallelujah. Because Hannah had a faith in God. There was rivalry between Saul and David. David just comes from the battlefield after killing Goliath. He comes into the city. Everybody's singing. David has killed his ten thousands and Saul is thousands. And Saul is jealous. And Saul, Saul is in comp competition with David. And it leads him to a place where Saul becomes, has hatred towards David to the point of death. That is what rivalry and competitors will do. It will make us lose our Christian characters. It will make us lose our Christianity. It will make us do things that is foul play. Destroying one another. Walking over one another. Trampling over one another. When we're supposed to be rejoicing and, and celebrating one another. In Jesus' name. Let's declare from today. Lord, I will celebrate my brother. I will not be in competition with him. We all are one in Christ Jesus, hallelujah. So when so far the jealousy, the envy against David <coughs> was so great that Saul went as far as trying to badmouth David by his own son, Jonathan. But he did not know the covenant Jonathan and David had. But he tried to badmouth David to Jonathan so that Jonathan would kill David. But praise God to, to Jonathan who had a pure heart. A pure heart. Like the Apostle Paul, he had a pure heart, therefore he rejoiced because his motive was the gospel. His motive was not the exaltation of Paul. Therefore, Paul did not cry when people were bad-mouthing him. The imprisonment became more difficult, but Paul had one. His motive was Christ. Christ is being magnified. Christ is being exalted. And that is what brings me peace and joy. Hallelujah. Not my name, not my reputation, but Jesus. Oh, Lord, change my heart like the heart of this great apostle in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, I feel the grace of God. Hallelujah. We must understand that God wants us to have breakthrough. God wants us to live a, a God wants Christ-like life or the Christ image the, created in the image of Christ is our highest goal and pursuit which we're going to do in Philippians chapter 3. It's going to be our highest pursuit as believers to reach that place where Christ is everything in everything. 
We understand that God wants us to live in victory and to crucify the flesh. Because all three of these things that I've mentioned today is the flesh. The flesh is at work. These things bring division in churches. These things makes people bitter. These things make people miss what God has intended for them. Because they are fighting over what somebody else has when God has such a great destiny for them too. And that is what Paul wanted these people to understand. They were doing it with the wrong motive. And I believe if Paul could preach to them and share with them, Paul would say to them, come on, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm not this great apostle. I am not this. I'm not that. I am just here sent by Jesus Christ to serve you. And I mean, that is what Paul's heart was to serve. Paul only stamped his authority as an apostle when he needed to make people understand that, listen, God called me to be an apostle. But he said it surely with so much humility because Paul calls himself chief of sinners. Paul had a heart, Paul had a heart for Christ and Christ alone to be exalted. I pray today, brothers and sisters in the family of God, may Christ and Christ alone be exalted in your life. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. I love Jesus so much. Hallelujah. The Bible teaches us in Galatians 3 verse 26 to 28. You are all children of God in Christ. And we have put on Christ. We are all one in Christ. This is how we need to understand. We are all one in Christ. Whatever is his is mine. Let us not make it about being anything else but about Jesus. We understand here that the leadership of the world, believers, are different in the in the in the in the world as i said earlier we're here in the world we are leading to lord but in the kingdom we are leading to serve and i pray today that god will this word will encourage you not to look for the prestige and the privilege but to look on how we can serve how we can follow the master's words and serve how we cannot how we crucify our own agenda selfish ambition wrong motives and rivalry spirits in the body of christ how we can begin to lift one another up, exalt one another, and give God the glory. I pray today that this word will transform our hearts. This word will transform our mindsets. But one thing we thank God, as much as what's happening outside in the world today, the gospel is being preached. God will deal with motives on the day of judgment. We give God all the praise, all the glory. Be blessed. Have a wonderful evening. God bless you.